Hey, this is Mr. Anderson Anderson, and you are listening to Two Out of Three Falls. Yeah, 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 what up? You know, it's uh, Peter Rosenberg, Hot 97, ESPN, WWE Network, Cheap Peak Podcast. Um, let's see what else. I got mad jobs out here, but right now, talking all things wrestling with my man Randy Cruz, the Cruise Control Podcast. Sit back and stay mage. Yo, monkey, it's me, D. D.P., the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion and CEO and founder of DDP Yoga. And you, monkey, well, you, you're listening to the Cruise Control Podcast. And that's not a bad thing, a good thing. Bang! Welcome to a new edition of Two Out of Three Falls here on the Cruise Control Podcast. As always, I'm Randy Cruz. You can follow me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. And I'm joined by Graham Matthews from Bleacher Report. He's on Twitter at WrestleRant, uh, all the way from Connecticut. Graham, my man, how you doing? I was going to say exhausted from WrestleMania weekend, but I forgot you guys were there. But other than that, I'm doing well. And Mark Raimondi from MMAFighting.com, also SB Nation, Cage Side Seats. This guy's all over the place. He's on Twitter at Mark underscore Raimondi. Mark, my man, how you doing? I am desperately trying to recover from a very, very long five. I think I was there for six days. I just got back. It hasn't even been 24 hours since I've been back home. So, uh, yeah, just, just trying to rally, guys. Just trying to rally over here. Well, I, I tell you one thing, you know, me and Mark were in New Orleans for WrestleMania weekend. Uh, I thought it was great. The weather was great because up here in New York, you know, you come back to reality of 40 degrees compared to 70 in New Orleans. Um, it, it was different. You see a lot of people with with wrestling shirts and they had the costumes out there on Bourbon Street. And I think I put a periscope on uh, um I think on Sunday before WrestleMania, of, of a lot of people were dressed up as characters from the WWE. A lot of Bullet Club shirts out there, Mark. So I know you was you know That's very right. proud about that. Um, but overall, a great experience. A, a lot of events going on. Uh, first time ever in New Orleans for me, and just getting just going there to enjoy the WrestleMania weekend. Just got back, I think late Monday night. So. Um, but a lot of stuff happened from Friday, Saturday, all the way up till uh, yesterday, which was SmackDown. We're taping this on Wednesday. So everything from like Conor McGregor bugging out at the Barclays Center to WrestleMania weekend to Raw and SmackDown. Um, so, Mark, you were very busy doing a lot of work on SB Nation and Cage side season. And, and, and I just want to say... Uh, great job interviewing Seth Rollins, Rusev, um, Alexa Bliss, Kevin Nash, doing po- uh, pre and post stuff for WrestleMania uh, coverage. Dave Meltzer, you also interviewed. So um, I know you were probably the most busy guy from all three of us on the weekend. So I just want to say congrats to you on a great job out there in New Orleans. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Yeah, I... Uh I was working for SB Nation, which is which is our our parent company, our parent site, mm. plus MMA Fighting, which is which is my usual uh, my usual uh, home and cage side seats. And and a uh, special shout out to my 
videographer extraordinaire uh, Cynthia Vance. She was uh, we uh, we worked really hard this week. Uh, it was a, it was a very long. <laughs> we didn't we didn't get much sleep the first uh, three or four days. And uh, credit to her for for getting those uh, you know for getting those videos out and making me look as good as she possibly can. She's not a miracle worker, but uh, but I think it turned out pretty well. Definitely, man. Um, you know, while you out there, I also had the pleasure of meeting a couple of superstars and. Uh, majority of them were at Wallet Mania, which is another dope event that happened on Thursday. For superstars from Paige to Liv Morgan to Mickey James to Mojo Rawley, Rob Van Dam. I think I forget. Uh, Lana was there. Um, then we happened to walk past WrestleCon and saw Stone Cold, Bret Hart, Goldberg, Edge. A lot of those superstars were there. So it was very crowded. Um, get a chance to see people who you grew up watching was was also cool. Um, also saw um, David Shoemaker from The Ringer. Going to try to get him on the show in a couple of weeks with the Andre the Giant documentary coming out last night, which I haven't seen, but I'm going to check it out. Uh, Peter Rosenberg from WWE Network, Hot 97 was there, so also great chopping up with him. But um, again, man, long weekend. I, I, I'm going to chime in Graham right now. I guess we're going to start with real quick. Uh, Graham NXT, a lot of people saying NXT was better than WrestleMania. I, I you know, obviously shorter than WrestleMania. Um, so, what was your takeaways from NXT Takeover, Graham? Well, like you said, I mean, it was better than WrestleMania. Not to discredit WrestleMania, which was a good show in the overall, um, but it, it's you can't be Takeover. Not only the best show of WWE shows in New Orleans over the last number of days, but. The show of the weekend, that Supercard of Honor, I know uh, Mark can chime in on that a little bit as well, which was also a great show. I know he was there for that. Takeover, though, you, you can't beat it. I think it was the best takeover I've ever seen in my entire life, and they've done a lot of great takeovers. You know, Randy, we've been to a lot of great takeovers. Brooklyn, and there's been a few others that were great, but right. I think the one in New Orleans on Friday, or on Saturday, rather, might have been the most stacked show I've ever seen from this brand. And that's saying something. That ladder match was absolutely insane. The main event was... Next to Almas and Gargano from Rumble Weekend as one of the best NXT matches I've ever seen. We talk about, you know, five stars from Dave Meltzer. That was that was a five-star match right there. Perfect story, perfect feud, great action, just amazing. Um, the NXT title match was tremendous as well. The Roderick Strong heel turn, new NXT women's champion. The entire show was just Phenomenal. You cannot go wrong with NXT. There was really nothing to nitpick from the entire show. And like you said, shorter than WrestleMania, but still longer than usual. The takeovers are usually two to two and a half hours. It was a three-hour show. Felt like it flew by in five minutes. I have no bad things to say about NXT. The entire roster is stacked, even with the call-ups to the main roster. Uh, NXT is in pretty damn good shape right now, and I'm looking forward to what is next for the uh, black and yellow brand. And before I get to Mark, what was, what was your takeaways from a long, extended WrestleMania 34? It was good. Um, I didn't think it was a great show. I saw a lot of people saying, I mean, I guess it depends. Not even whether you were there or not really doesn't matter. I saw people that weren't there that were, that were calling it like one of the best WrestleManias in the last 10 years, which I very much disagree with. I thought it was a good show. I thought... As we were talking about over text over the last couple of days, I thought it peaked as well with the mixed tag team match, which was, I thought, the match of the show, right. which I was not expecting going in at all, but it was a very, very good match. Um, but I don't know. I thought the second half of the show kind of sort of lacked. 
there were some good matches. I thought Styles and Nakamura was great, but obviously, as many other people have said, not the instant classic that it probably should have been. And the main event sucked. Anyone who gives <laughs> the New Orleans crowd crap for, oh, the beach balls and, oh, this is awful, Chan. That's disrespectful. Like, the match was terrible. I don't know what else to tell you people other than the match sucked. It deserved every bit of crap, every bit of crap that you guys gave it in New Orleans. Like, that match was just terrible. The 31 match was way better. People didn't want to see Roman win. Brock Lesnar did not look good either. This is not a Roman Reigns issue. It's not a Brock Lesnar issue, although they don't really, I don't know, they just did not work well together. It was a very dull match. And Brock winning does not make up for the fact that the match was just terrible. It really was. Um, I know Brock winning was unpredictable, which is great. I mean, not a lot of people were expecting that, obviously, and that's a plus. But it only prolongs the inevitable. We're getting at the greatest Royal Rumble ever, which makes no sense, because Roman Reigns came away from that match looking like a loser. Mm-hmm. And it was also ridiculous that Roman Reigns had a kick out of, no joke, six F5s. That's just absolutely absurd. That just does not make any sense at all. So, yeah. again, overall, I thought it was a good, a pretty good show. The first half was great. Oscar Charlotte, that IC title match, the mixed tag team match, mm. I thought were all excellent. Went all downhill once the... Uh, the SmackDown Tag Team title match happened, and then Cena Taker, which was fine for what it was, but I just don't think it needed to happen. But overall, I thought it was a good show. So let me ask you real quick. When you said the main event was terrible and it, it was shit, now is it because the, the match itself was not great or the, fan, or the fact that the fans did not really give Brock and Roman a chance to really do what they do? Because you know, I, you know, me and Mark were in the Superdome, and from the opening bell... It was just like we saw the beach ball mania going on. We saw people not paying attention. They do CM Punk chants, and this is boring chants. Was the match not great, or do you think the fans did not give that match any chance whatsoever? The fans didn't give it a chance because the match sucked anyway. It was just not a good match. I mean, the fact I don't—it wasn't a case where they were having a great match and the fans ruined it. This is not the fans' fault, like in the slightest. I could see why people would blame it on the fans. But let's face it, you take away the fans, it could have been red hot for that thing, and it still would have sucked. It was suplex, suplex, F5 kick out, suplex, suplex, F5 kick out, repeat Mm. that four other times, and that was the match. It was an extended squash of Roman Reigns. That's all it was, and then Brock won anyway. Roman Reigns battled back at the end. Oh, God, he he, he bled. Like, who cares? I don't know. The whole match just did nothing for me. And that I'm not saying that because I don't want Roman to win or just because Brock Lesnar is sticking around. He's a part-timer, blah, blah, blah. I thought the build of the match was great. Mm-hmm. And I know we here on the show have given the benefit of the doubt because, you know, the, the first match was really, really good. But that might have been because we knew Brock was sticking around. And I, I don't know. Just Brock winning. Not saying that it was bad because it was unpredictable. I'm not pooping all over that. But I don't know. I just thought the layout of the match was terrible. And they've been building to this spot for, no joke, like a year and a half now of Roman Reigns kicking out of the F5, which was supposed to be a major deal. Mm. Samoa Joe went down to one F5. Braun Strowman, AJ Styles, Goldberg went down to one F5. Roman Reigns kicks out of the F5. It's supposed to be this huge moment. Yeah. Nobody cared. So it's not the fans' fault. It was just bad booking. It should not have been the main I mean, it was built up as the main event, but the company should have known going in that was going to be the reaction because just no one in that building could have given a shit. All right, Mark. Um, I know you haven't finished seeing NXT take over New Orleans, and I think you saw the ladder match, uh, but you did see the entirety of WrestleMania 34, all seven hours of it. Um, 
quickly give me uh, your take on what you saw from NXT so far and your takeaways from WrestleMania 34. Yeah, so I, I actually just finished watching the the opening ladder match at NXT Takeover. Mm. Oh man, that was that was such an awesome match. Right. I think that was probably the best match of the weekend that I've seen. I know there were a ton of good matches all over town last weekend, and, and WrestleMania had some good matches. I have not seen Gargano Ciampa yet because again, I just got back last night, mm-hmm. and uh, I've, I've had to actually get back to. Uh, uh, the real world for a little bit and away from wrestling <laughs> yeah. for a few hours. Uh, but uh, the, that ladder match was amazing. All, all six men, man, they just took some uh, some ridiculous bumps. Just, uh, just great stuff. I'm looking forward to watching the rest. I'm going to try to watch the rest tonight. As for WrestleMania, I, di- I didn't think I didn't think the main event was as bad as Graham thought it was. I thought that the the fans definitely just not did not give it a chance. Now it wasn't it wasn't a classic match. It wasn't it wasn't a great match, but mm-hmm. I didn't think it was an awful match. And I, and I thought and I really thought WrestleMania was good overall. It did peak early. There's no doubt about it. It was it was a bottom heavy card. It yeah. definitely peaked with the mixed tag. Rousey. And gotta gotta give credit to Ronda Rousey. Oh my goodness! I mean, she I was she was really really good. And, and the expectations, I mean, I, they were, they were, they had to be low. I mean, I mean, this is a debut. She's never done this before. It was, it was a, it was a first performance on on uh, the biggest stage possible in front of seventy eight thousand people at the Superdome in New Orleans. WrestleMania, one of the, you know, it, it wasn't, it was, it was one of the biggest matches on the card. It wasn't a throwaway match. It was a big deal, and she knocked it out of the park. I give her all the credit in the world. That match was really, really good. I didn't think it had. I mean, I, I knew, I knew, obviously Triple H and Kurt Angle are there, so they can they can craft a really good match, but. Her and Stephanie more than held their own and told a tremendous story. Rousey pulled off some really incredible feats of athleticism. What a, that was a that was the best match on the card for, for my money, and I didn't, I didn't think that was going to be the, be the case going in. Mm-hmm. Um, I would I would give WrestleMania you know a solid B, maybe even a B plus. Uh, some of the matches were, were were not as good as expected, like the 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 Styles Nakamura match, which I, I want to go back and watch again because I've heard people say uh, that that they go back and watch it again and it wasn't as bad. I think it was just a long card. And, and once it, once it wore on and you're entering, you know, hour six and hour seven, it's just hard to kind of get up. But I thought it was a good card. Got to watch takeover uh, tonight and shout out to ring of honor too. That was, that was also a long card, but mm. there was not a bad match in that entire card. It was, it was a really, really solid card through and through that ladder match with the young bucks and flip Gordon against SoCal and Center was outstanding. Omega versus Cody was very good. I mean, what a what a weekend of wrestling. There was there were so many good there were so many good matches. It was like a it was like an embarrassment of riches in terms of wrestling quality in New Orleans. And I'm and I'm super happy and super uh, grateful to have to have uh, had a small part in uh, you know check, checking all that stuff out. Did you real quick? Did you see um, somebody tweeted out? You know, going back to the the mixed tag match. With uh, Hunter, Stephanie, Rhonda, and Kurt, I'm trying to find the number now, that somebody tweeted out that Triple H has had the longest match at WrestleMania in the in six of the last seven WrestleManias. Um, 
I mean, I don't know if that was if that if that's a coincidence or Hunter just making sure that his match is the longest on the card. But dating back to WrestleMania 27, from WrestleMania 27 until 34, six of the last seven manias, Triple H is in the longest match at WrestleMania. Any surprise to that? It's a really interesting stat. I I, I didn't even I didn't even think of anything like that. Mm. But in this case, I mean, just just talking about. Sunday, I had no problem with the length of that match. I mean, there, right. I think there it could have ended in certain spots. It, it probably was longer than it needed to be, but it didn't drag on at all. You know, there were spots that it could have ended earlier, and it still would have been a really, really good match. But I really don't want to say anything negative about it. I thought it was a really, really good match. It was far better than it really had any right to be, considering one person is a brand-new wrestler and the other person, and Stephanie, hasn't wrestled in years, and she's not a full-time performer. And right. the other two guys are are, are well past, uh, you know, their athletic prime, and and they're not full-time wrestlers either. That was a really great match. It was it was one of the best matches of the weekend. Graham, um, what was your favorite match on the card? What was your worst, uh, least favorite match on the card for WrestleMania? Favorite, I got to agree with you guys. I thought it was the mixed tag team match. I thought it told the perfect story. I'm not going to rehash mm-hmm. everything as we we're just talking about. But, yeah, I thought it told the perfect story. The action that was entertaining. The crowd was into it. That's really what it comes down to. It doesn't have to be a fucking five-star Matt Classic to be the right. match of the show. I mean, you got that with NXT. But with the main roster, it's all about crowd engagement. You cannot tell me about – you cannot point to any other match on that 14-match card that got the crowd on their feet more – than the mixed tag team match. Maybe for Nicholas in the Raw tag team title match, which was so stupid, but <laughs> I know people will have their mixed thoughts on that. I just thought it was beyond dumb and a waste of time, but whatever. Um, worst match, speaking of which, was probably that one, if you want to even call it a match. Right. I can't think of any... That's the thing. You can't call this a bad WrestleMania. I, I thought the main event sucked, like I said, but I can't call this a bad WrestleMania because they did... Do some stuff I didn't think they would do, which doesn't make it a bad WrestleMania, just a lot of questionable booking decisions. Uh, but there also wasn't a bad match the entire show. Now, like the Raw Women's Championship match uh, was exactly what I thought it would be, but it wasn't bad. Um, it wasn't I don't know, bad. like Nakamura Styles, the SmackDown Tag Team title match were underwhelming. They weren't bad, though. There really wasn't a bad match in the whole show, to be quite honest. I thought the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal was a giant jobber fest which probably did not need to happen but the matt hardy bray wyatt stuff was cool um so if we're nitpicking probably braun and nicholas quote-unquote versus the bar i just thought that was a giant disappointment and a giant waste of time i know people are marking out for the 10 year old but really i don't know i I think this company is just way too obsessed with wrestlemania moments as opposed to really putting over their current talent but it is what it is i I thought i thought that was probably the worst part of the show and the best being the uh, mixed tag team match as was discussed before so mark if your favorite match was the rousey match what was your least favorite match at wrestlemania Mm, probably yeah i mean i probably braun and, and nicholas against the bar that was just a whatever type thing. I didn't have a problem with it necessarily because it was it was kind of the buffer between the Styles Nakamura match and the the Reigns Lesnar match. So I, I didn't I didn't hate it when it was happening. I thought it was a decent break. Mm. But yeah, there weren't. I mean, it was it was probably the low light of the show. The 
the SmackDown tag, tag team match was not, I mean, it wasn't bad, but it didn't live up to expectations necessarily. I thought it could have been better. But again, there's so much going on. It, the show is long already. Not, not everything is going to get 15 minutes. So I really didn't, I didn't think anything was bad necessarily. And I, and I, and I, while I thought that the bar against Braun and Nicholas was kind of silly at times, it kind of served its purpose in a way. So, I mean, I thought, I thought everything was, was, uh, was pretty good. Again, I, 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 I really, I did enjoy the show. I think for me, real quick, I think the Rousey match was the best one for me. I did like Charlotte and Asuka, even though people were shitting on why Asuka was undefeated to WrestleMania and then lose. Hey, man, it's whatever. Both Royal Rumble winners took an L at WrestleMania. I think the AJ Nakamura match, to me, you know, most people may not say it, but it was kind of boring, maybe because of the length of the show in general and people would people would just kind of you know tired at that time um i didn't even see the new day match i was i was in in a in a, a hallway doing something probably charging my phone um and then after that that's when john cena and taker you know did their thing i you know i'm surprised neither one of you even mentioned about taker whether it was good bad it was just whatever we knew he was going to come out there uh biker taker dead man taker we got a match and and taker squatch john cena like he's new on the card but i think you know cena the company man he was going to do whatever they wanted to do and you know jobbing out to the undertaker and now taker goes on to the greatest Royal Rumble and gets a casket match with Rusev. So um, I'm surprised neither one of you even mentioned John Cena or, or Taker. Yeah, I, I think it was mostly because it was forgettable. I don't want to speak for Graham, <laughs> but I, I think I think the whole idea was was to get the Undertaker's entrance on the show. That was really yeah. cool. But other than that, it was a three minute squash match. So I mean, it was a really uh, it was really a, a forgettable. Match overall, I, did, I what I mean, I didn't think it was great to bury Cena like that, but I also didn't really care that much. I, I th- it isn't like John Cena is going to be hurt by that in the long run. He'll be right. fine. He's still John Cena. Um, it was just to get Taker out there and and the moment of him coming out that was cool, and and that's kind of all I thought about it. Yeah, I, I just listen. If you know, I'm not going to be here and be picky, but I, if they had the match, I knew Taker was going to win. But, you know, the way John Cena was acting like, oh, like looking all scared and like he's a new guy. I'm like, you know, you've been calling out Taker for three, four weeks and being, you know, talking like a tough guy on on camera. But now when he comes out, you're like shocked and scared and this and that. But again, I'm not trying to be picky, but it was what it was. The match did not even have to be advertised. Uh, we had all these other great matches on the card, so that match did not have to be the main focal point. It, five minutes in and out. Um, but like I said, Rousey was the best match. I think the worst match, uh, uh, probably the Braun Strowman match. Um, I like Charlotte Oscar. I, I, I love the three-man Intercontinental Championship match. I thought that was great to start, start off the show. Um I think Rousey and the Intercontinental Championship were the best ones for me, and Charlotte Oscar was a, a close third. But um, again, we're on the show two out of three falls with Graham Matthews from Bleacher Report, Mark Rimondi from MMAFighting.com. You can find the podcast on both iTunes 
and SoundCloud. So if you want to, you know, support us, just download, rate, comment, and subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes, soundcloud.com slash cruise control podcast. Uh, we also got some two out of three falls t-shirts on pro wrestling So go out there and check it out. A few people saw me out there. Um, they heard the, the show a couple times. So, um, those guys who, who did, you know, recognize me, I thank you and I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Um, they did not mention Mark and Grant, which they should have, but you know, it, it's whatever. But, um, at the WrestleMania, we had Raw SmackDown, and we knew a lot of things were going to happen. People, you know, call-ups, returns from, from, from injuries. Um, so I'm going to try to package a lot of information in. So one thing that we found out was that Brock Lesnar is re-signing with the company. Paul Heyman is re-signing with the company. Now, this is where I go to Mark. They did mention he resigned, or Brock and, and Paul Heyman resigned with the company, but they did not tell you for how long. It could it, it could just be until that that Royal Rumble event in mid April at in Saudi Arabia. So it, it could be a little extension. There's no years or, or terms for it. But um, and then the rumor about him going back to UFC. You know, Dana White was at WrestleMania as well. So him, Brock Lesnar resigning with the WWE and Paul Heyman. Um, even though we don't know how long it's for, does that give the inclination that Brock is going to be around for a little while longer, or do you think it's just for this Rumble event in Saudi Arabia, um, Saudi Arabia, and then he drops the belt to Roman Reigns, or does Brock stay longer than that? Yeah, I think I think from what Dave Meltzer has reported on the Wrestling Observer and also on on MMA Fighting. Uh, I, I, it seems to me that it, it is a, it's not just a, a short-term contract. It is a bit of a longer-term contract between Brock and WWE, but it has the provision that it'll allow him to still take at least one UFC fight. So I do expect Lesnar to fight in the UFC this year, but again, he still has not gone back into the USADA drug testing pool, and once he does, if he does... He'll have to wait. He'll have to be in that pool and get tested for six months. So we're in April now. So we're looking at if he's going to come back to the UFC. It's not going to be before uh, October, November. I mean, the, the UFC has a has a an MSG show in November. Maybe that'll be Brock's return. I don't know. Mm. I I don't. I, as far as far as him in WWE, I, th- I think he's gonna he's gonna be around for for a little bit. Maybe he does the Greatest Rumble. He drops the belt to Reigns at that point. And then he kind of dedicates himself back into the UFC for a few months. Does that, you know, does a training camp, does that fight, and uh, and then and then comes back. I'm look. I mean, I'm sure Brock Lesnar will be back in WWE by next WrestleMania. Certainly, before that, most likely. But I can definitely see him losing the belt to Reigns in, in Saudi Arabia on that card. Now. Somebody did mention to me on Periscope just two minutes ago, we are doing a show on Periscope as well, that this fan sees Brock Lesnar dropping the belt, uh, I guess, to whoever at SummerSlam. So do you think that Brock Lesnar remains universal champion until SummerSlam? And I ask you because um, he he's had the belt over a year. And knowing that CM Punk's record is, is, is close to... Um, being broken by Brock Lesnar, there is a chance that they might have Brock break Punk's record because of the fallout with CM Punk. Um, 
A, does Brock hold on to the belt until SummerSlam? And if so, B, do you think they make him hold on a, a title to break the record of CM Punk, even though he had the main title, but not the, the universal title? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's it's certainly possible. If, if, let's say, if that were to happen, let's say, SummerSlam is in late August. If, if, if Lesnar goes back into the USADA drug testing pool and, you know, around now or in a few weeks or whatever, and he, and he still wrestles for WWE until August, he can still have a full training camp and make a, uh, a UFC MSG show in November, or he can even do the... Uh, the big UFC, the traditional year-end show they do, I think it's, I think, I'm not sure what date it is this year, but it's like December 30th or some or something along those lines, or, or maybe the first week in January, somewhere along that. So yeah, I mean, that's within the realm of possibility, certainly. Again, there, he, he cannot fight in the UFC until at least October at this point, because he's still not in the drug testing pool. And that's what people uh, have, to, have to understand. There's no, there's no way around that. He's got to get back in that pool. He's not there yet. So it is, it is certainly within the realm of, of just logistics for him to wrestle until, until the summer, until SummerSlam. Now that he's still under the, uh, now, now that he has a new contract with WWE, I, I don't see that being out of their own possibility. It's really up to what he wants to do. I mean, uh, in the past, he, he has taken a little bit more time, but when he came back into the, when he came back in the U, into the UFC in 2016, he, uh, that was uh, July 2016. He still wrestled at WrestleMania in, in April. So he, he had a little bit of a buffer. He had a few months between April and and, uh, and then he went, went to the training camp and did the whole thing uh, you know, for the UFC in July. So, mm. yeah, I mean, any, anything is on the table right now. I, I wouldn't rule that out, but I do still expect – I do definitely expect to see him fight before the end of the year, whether that's uh, – it would probably only be at the big MSG show in November – or the big year-end show in late December. He wouldn't come back for any other show. Those are those are the kind of the the ten-pole shows that the UFC is looking at toward the end of the year. So I yeah I think I think so. And I mean there are there are rumors that they're going to target him to face the winner of the Stipe Miocic Daniel Cormier UFC heavyweight title fight, and that's in July. So either one of those dates, November or December, would line up for that, and that would be. That'd be a massive fight if Brock is going for the heavyweight title on one of those shows. I mean, imagine that at MSG. Uh, yeah, I, I see that happening. The UFC needs that, especially with our friend Conor McGregor throwing dollies at UFC uh, fighter buses, and and who knows when he's going to be back if he comes back this year. They could definitely use that shot in the arm with Lesnar. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, and again, not only Brock but Paul Heyman resigns with the company. You know, you know, I guess wherever Brock goes, he goes, and um. You know, I, I'm looking forward to Paul Heyman one day being the mouthpiece for Ronda Rousey, whether it's she's a heel or, or a, a, a baby face. But, um, you know, just imagine her with him together. I think it would be one fantastic uh, combination. But do you think that ever happens with Paul Heyman and Ronda Rousey get together? Um to form this coalition like he has with, with Brock? Or do you think that 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 never happens? I could see it happening down the line, but right now they seem pretty determined to have uh, Rousey as a babyface. And Paul Heyman is, is a is a heel true and true. I don't, I don't think he'll make a turn 
it's just not his strength. I mean, could he do it? Certainly. And does he get a great reaction from the crowd, even as a heel? Yeah, of course. But I don't I don't think they'll do it anytime soon. I, I think they're going to keep Rousey as a babyface. They're going to keep her against Stephanie. And uh, I don't think, I mean, I, I like the idea of Heyman being with Rousey, but I don't think they necessarily need to do it at this point with Stephanie carrying the boatload of the of the talking responsibility. I think that they'll be fine, uh, especially with how, how good Rousey looked in the ring. I mean, I think, I think they'll be fine. I, you know what? I think I have, a, I have a, a much more positive outlook on Rousey and her future now after seeing her, her match on Sunday. Now, Graham, um, a lot of stuff happened on Raw and SmackDown, the fallout from WrestleMania. Um, again, I'm going to package a lot of information in this here. So, Rousey gets a victory on Sunday. She comes out. She has the, the back and forth with Stephanie with the whole breaking the arm segment. So, now my question to you, Graham, what do or, or where do they go with Rousey and Stephanie going forward? Because we did not see Hunter, to my knowledge, on Raw. We did not see Kurt, from what I remember, he probably came out. Probably, probably did not. So now Rousey, Stephanie, going forward. There's a there, there's a backlash coming up. Uh, I think the first week of May, which is now co-branded between Raw and SmackDown. Do we see some kind of altercation or match between Rousey and Stephanie, or do they keep Rousey off from having a match um, for the foreseeable future? Well, as far as I'm aware, I think she's not advertised to appear until that MSG show in early July. And I think SummerSlam as well. I know she's on the promotional material for that show. Um, So we still have no idea what kind of schedule she's working. I know she was originally advertised as a full-time WWE superstar, and she has made pretty frequent appearances on Raw in the last month or so. But that was the road to WrestleMania. Brock did too, so that really doesn't mean anything. Um, quite honestly, I'm not even sure what else you would do with her. Like, let's say she sticks around and she wrestles like more often than not in the coming months. Who do you put up against? Uh, Dana Brooke, uh, <laughs> Mickey James, like who cares? Like, I think they should save her first big singles match for SummerSlam. To be quite honest, a lot of people are not going to want to hear that, but mm. what else do you do with this woman in the meantime? I'm actually kind of surprised that she's not advertised for this greatest royal rumble show coming up because it's all hands on deck for that show they brought out the fucking undertaker they got taker jericho angle triple h john cena anyone you could ever think of that's under contract with this company very surprised that she's not on that show actually no i'm not surprised because i know they're advertising no women for the show because it's saudi arabia so that's probably why um but nonetheless i they're they're definitely not bringing her out for backlash i don't know why they would there's just nothing to do with her she's not going for the belt nor should she um, the belt is currently held by Nia Jax anyway. I'm sure Ronda Rousey versus Nia Jax would not light the world on fire. But no, I would save I would save Rousey's first singles match for SummerSlam. I mean, I guess you could do her and Stephanie, but I think the reason why that mixed tag team match worked so well was it it limited both women. They weren't in there the entire time. You were able to build that hot tag with Ronda Rousey. Right. I thought it was perfect. Um, I don't know if a singles match would work just as well. And the end result's going to be no different. So I think you should end that feud after Monday's Raw. Keep Stephanie off TV for the foreseeable future. What match do you do at that point? Her and Alexa Bliss, if they build it up the right way. You know Bliss won't beat her, obviously. But she could be a nice, like, pest heel type thing. 
Um, there's really not many other women that come to mind. I guess we'll find out more after next week, after the shakeup takes place. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I do think Rousey will not wrestle again until I'm going to guess the SummerSlam show in August. I mean, for me, it, it, it would have been cool to have her make Triple H tap out at WrestleMania. But, you know, Triple H, I get it. Um, so, Mark, what did you make of that? I feel like they, I feel like they might be saving that. And you know what? I, I know yeah. they don't, they don't love intergender stuff, but right? I think Triple H versus Ronda Rousey would actually be massive. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not kidding. I, I really do. No, I, I, I agree with you. The crowd was going crazy when she had him in the, in, in, in a submission hold. I, I thought that was going to be the finish, and um. The crowd's going crazy. I think maybe if you would have had it end there, that would have just solidified it being the best moment, the best match on the card. But you know, real quick, where do they go? With, where do they go with Rousey going forward as it pertains the storyline with Stephanie? Do, do they just keep doing these things off and on, and then Stephanie got it got to be out for a couple of months, and then they do a match at SummerSlam? Or when is Ronda Rousey's next? Match. I mean, I, I know they advertise her for the the MSG sh- uh, show here in New York in July, but do you think they're gonna hold her off all the way until July and August? I do. I think so. I think she'll take a little bit of a, a break and probably get back to the performance center and and start start working again and and uh, brushing up on on all this stuff. I think they'll probably do a a an injury angle with Stephanie where she you know her arm is messed up. Right. She'd probably be off TV for maybe you know a few week, few weeks, maybe even a few months. I do think SummerSlam, as Graham said, is is the most likely uh, televised return of, of Rousey in ring because look, she's not wrestling on Raw. She's too big at this point. Mm. She's too much of an attraction, and and I don't I don't know if we'll see her on on one of the big one of the big shows either. I mean, certainly possible, but if I gun to my head, if I had to guess, I would say. They do Rousey versus Stephanie in a, in a singles match at SummerSlam. Uh, real quick before I change it up, two quick things popped up on Periscope. Um, if I can remember, one person mentioned that Rousey could be in in the Money in the Bank pay per view. She could win the briefcase. That that was just brought up to me two minutes ago. And something else I, I forgot. Ronda Rousey is not going to be in a ladder match for second <laughs> ever match. There's no so I, I mean. No, it's just, that's just not. I cannot imagine that happening. That she's just too. She's too green and she's too valuable to the company. She's like she's literally the biggest star on the roster. They're not going to put her in a ladder match or second match ever in WWE. That's insanity. Okay, I was <laughs> I was just asking a question, um, and I think somebody mentioned Stephanie was bringing in another UFC fighter into the company. And I, I don't know. I don't know who. I don't know what you heard, but is there somebody else coming into the company from UFC, from the from, from the girls' perspective? Not from what I've heard, and I don't think that makes any sense at this juncture. The only people that you could really bring in that Rousey has any kind of history with that that she's either lost to or or has beef with is Holly Holm, Amanda Nunes, and Chris Cyborg. And I just can't imagine Rousey being down for that at, at this juncture. Maybe down, maybe you know, down the road a little bit. But I can see, I can see it, uh, I can see it being a situation where 
Stephanie aligns herself with a another woman on the roster, kind of like Vince McMahon used to do with, with Steve Austin, where Vince McMahon would kind of take a heel under under his wing and and kind of position them against against Stone Cold. Right. I can see that possibly happening. We'll see. We'll see who that ends up being. But I think for the foreseeable future, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be Stephanie against Ronda. Maybe and maybe Stephanie brings someone in. And I and I and I think maybe Survivor Series they they end up doing that 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 four horsewoman deal. It's certainly possible. The, the four on four. Maybe that's that's still on the table. They talked about it a little bit last year. It didn't come to fruition. Mm-hmm. That could still certainly happen uh, with. With maybe Stephanie leading the the four horsewomen of WWE, I, I don't know how that would happen exactly. Right. With with them, some of them being baby faces now, and uh, Charlotte, I think will turn eventually, and I think we'll see Charlotte against Rousey down the line, maybe next year's WrestleMania, maybe in the main event. Mm. But I think until then, it's going to be Stephanie against Rousey uh, until I think until the end of the year, or or, or maybe even after that. I, I listen. I, I think the possibility of of having Rousey and Charlotte be the main event, the main event of a WrestleMania. I think it's very likely for WrestleMania 35. I know we're gonna go over the, the over the superstar shakeup, but I think if Charlotte comes to Raw and becomes champion, her and Rousey in the main event of a WrestleMania, the first time a, a females match will be uh, the main event. Um, what's the likelihood of that happening if if Charlotte goes to Raw in the shakeup? becomes champion and I would assume she's a champion walking into WrestleMania again this is all hypothetical she's she's a champion walking into WrestleMania 35 Rousey is the number one contender I mean how likely is it that Rousey and Charlotte could be the main event of WrestleMania 35 next year I I think it's a very good possibility and that is a legitimate main event Ronda Rousey is a is a massive mainstream crossover star and she she is a legit WrestleMania headliner. There is no one on the roster who has drawn the kind of money on pay per view that she has. Not John Cena, not Roman Reigns, and and really, I mean, Brock Lesnar would be the only one that you can say because uh, you know the, his UFC fights have done over a million pay per view buys. But in mm. terms of mainstream popularity, the WWE has no one bigger than Ronda Rousey. So certainly, she could headline. WrestleMania and Charlotte will be the person to do it against. They're they're positioning her. She is a star. There's no doubt. I could see it happening, and it would be it would not be. You can't say, oh, that should. They're just making. They're just forcing women into the main event. No, that is a legitimate WrestleMania main event. I'm joined by Graham Matthews from Bleacher Report and Mark Rimondi from MMAFighting.com. So, uh, first of all, Mark, uh, congrats to your homegirl, um, Shayna Baszler, new women's NXT champion. So, congrats to her. You still there, Mark? You uh, were you were you ask were you asking me a question, Randy? No, I was telling you. I said congrats to to to. Yeah, Shana of course. I mean, Shayna Shayna has worked so hard, and she's really uh, she's made the transition from MMA to to to, to pro wrestling pretty seamlessly. I mean, right. I know she's been she's been training in catch wrestling for a long time, but I, I think she's she has she has. Uh, not as much experience as most people on the WWE roster in terms of pure pro wrestling, and she's done really, really well. I'm, I'm, I'm super proud of her to see where she's come, and and she seems very happy too in pro wrestling, kind of like Rousey. It seems like they're much happier now than they were in the UFC. 
So, Graham, getting back to you. Speaking of the Baszler match, uh, she beat Ember Moon at, at NXT for the women's title. So now, Ember Moon, No Way Jose, Peyton Royce, Billy Kay, uh, Alders of Pain get called up from NXT. We get the return of Samoa Joe, Jeff Hardy, Bobby Lashley return on Raw. Uh, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay to SmackDown. Uh, f- correct me if I, if I forgot somebody. So, Graham... With these call-ups and with these returns, how happy were you? How shocked were you that these people got called up and returned uh, to the company? Um, I think most of us were expecting over half of them, but that doesn't make it a bad thing. I was excited to see all of them. Samoa Joe has been due back for a while. He's been clear to compete for weeks. Um, I was hoping he'd be Braun's partner. Obviously, Nicholas is a higher priority, apparently. But it is cool to see Joe back on Raw. Jeff Hardy was expected back for a while, too. Great to see him back. Bobby Lashley's been rumored for a while. When he didn't show up in the Rumble and he didn't show up in Fastlane or Elimination Chamber, I kind of figured they would save him for the post-WrestleMania Raw. Sure enough, they did. Um, For people thinking, oh, he was terrible the last time we saw him, like the guys had an amazing run in TNA. They got a great uh, resurrection, so to speak, of his career in TNA. So I'm sure he's going to have even a, a better second stint with WWE this time around. I have no doubt about that. With the call-ups, most of those were expected. I've said this for six months now. The authors of Pain should have been on Raw or SmackDown after TakeOver Brooklyn 3. That was in August, and it's fucking April. But better late than never. Raw's tag team division desperately needed them. Heath Slater and Rhino can only have so many matches with the Revival before we all get sick of seeing that. So I'm glad they're on Raw. Um, no way Jose slightly surprised me. I know that was rumored a while ago, but if you watch NXT, you know, the guy wasn't going to go anywhere. There was nothing left for him to do. It's a lot like Elias where he was in NXT for like two years. You know, he's not going to go any further. They have way better wrestlers than no way Jose on their roster. Why not just call him up? Give it a shot. Uh He's a he's a nice little boost to the mid card for like, you know, it's an entertaining mid card, lower undercard act, whatever. Why the hell not? He could very well end up like Adam Rose, the whole conga line shit going nowhere, and we just get two-minute squash matches for the next two months before they forget he's even on the roster and he ends up on main event every week. Um, Or he could turn into the next Elias where he overachieves, gets over with the crowd, and uh, becomes something. We'll see. But he, he was cool to see, too. I think he's a good fit on Raw. The iconic duo, I think a lot of people expected. Again, long overdue. Should have been in the main roster at least six months ago, but better late than never. Great fit on SmackDown. Their debut went off great on Tuesday, attacking and laying out Charlotte, costing her the championship. And then finally, Ember Moon. I think we all expected that coming off a takeover on Saturday. She's already lost. A, she, I mean, she's she's one and one with Baszler. I don't think people were really clamoring for a rematch. I think you can move on other challengers with Baszler. So Moon moving up is uh, very logical. I will say I was slightly, not even slightly, I was very surprised that Raw got three returns and three call-ups, and then SmackDown only got the iconic duo. I know they have a new GM and Page. Yeah. They have Carmella as the new SmackDown Women's Champion, but it's like SmackDown clearly got the shaft on Tuesday. I'm hoping they get at least one other call-up in the shakeup next week. Because I feel like they really got the short end of the stick there. Uh, just because they could have used Andrade Cien Alamos or mm-hmm. Sanity, even Cassius Ono. They need something. Because SmackDown has been suffering for at least a year now. So I'm hoping the shakeup's a little kinder to SmackDown than it was last year. 
You know, and, and, and plus the fact that they're gonna lose either Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn, so it's like you can add one of them to um, the Raw roster, even though they had the one-on-one match and the winner was supposed to get the, the contract to Raw. Nobody won, so we'll see how that plays out. They probably have a rematch of Backlash. But uh, Mark, what did you make of the call-ups from uh, from NXT? Uh, were the call-ups the ones you were expecting? And what about the returns of Samoa Joe? Jeff Hardy and, and Bobby Lashley. I, I, I thought Samoa Joe's promo with, with, uh, with Reigns was uh, pretty good. Jeff Hardy got involved in the the three uh, three man with uh, Finn Balor, Seth, and the Mister Raj, and then Lashley comes out, returns um, with the uh, Elias segment. So, what did you make of the call ups and the returns on Raw and SmackDown? Well, uh, Raw's tag team division desperately needed some kind of a refresh and the authors of pain should be very very good for that ember moon i think is really fantastic another uh, interesting piece in the raw women's division no way jose will be kind of like a mid-card uh, you know guy to get the energy up in the crowd that type of thing I, I don't know if he has like a like a title run in him or anything like that but he could be like a lower lower mid-card guy kind of like an adam rose and uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a big iconic duo fan on uh, on SmackDown. I think they're going to be uh, they're going to be really good. Uh, again, NXT is just I mean, over I mean they're, they're, they have over the top amounts of talent, and it's good to see some of them get a chance on the main roster as long as they are dealt with correctly. And the returns are all good too. I mean, maybe Dean Ambrose is not too far away either. Samoa Joe have missed that guy. I'm, I'm a huge Samoa Joe fan. Mm. Uh, things are looking good. I mean, there, there is there is no shortage of talent on on that roster right now. My my, I just have reservations about having dual branded pay per views. I was still a fan of the single branded pay per views to get as much talent to get as much up and coming talent on on those big events as possible. But they seem to be committed to doing to lumping the brands together on pay per view. I feel like that could be uh, it, it could be kind of. A, a, bad, a negative for some of the up-and-coming talent. Now, also, going to SmackDown real quick, Paige, uh, on Raw, Paige announced her retirement. Um, she goes to SmackDown as the new SmackDown GM, replacing Daniel Bryan, because Daniel Bryan is now an in-ring competitor. So Paige is a new SmackDown GM. Uh, we get... Carmella cashing in on Charlotte to become the new SmackDown Women's Champion. I know a lot of people were like, hey, you know, how come Oscar didn't beat Charlotte, but Carmella could beat Charlotte in, in, in five seconds? Um, listen, it is what it is. I was very shocked that Oscar even lost in the first place. I think we all were on the show last week and picked Oscar to win. Um, and we thought Charlotte was going to continue her reign of dominance, but Carmella is now the new champion. But I guess you can expect that when you have the money to bank briefcase, you know, uh, hopefully down the line, they, you know, they can actually do a money to bank cash in where it's a it, it's a full length match. And again, I'm, I'm not trying to be picky, but, you know, when you do a, a cash in like Rob Van Dam did it or John Cena did it against CM Punk, it gives a little entry where it's like, all right, they're not just running down the ring and hit you with one move and they're the new champion. Um, very rare you see them saying, you know, a date ahead of time, I'm going to cash in the money in the bank and, and fight you one-on-one like Rob Van Dam and John Cena did. But um, typical cash-in, 
um, one move. Uh, Charlotte got got hurt by the, the the iconic duo, which I didn't really even know when it came out there. A lot of these call ups were like, okay, who's this? I've probably seen it once in the blue moon, but I'm like, you know, I'm not going crazy like the New Orleans crowd when they see AOP and No Way Jose and Ember Moon. Like, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll ask, I'll ask Graham for the for the fans who are watching this and and you know Ember Moon, you know iconic duo, you know No Way Jose and AOP, but for the casual fan at home, when they see these people call up from NXT and don't know who they are, is that a good thing or a bad thing when they, when the company doesn't? give like a video package or something to be like hey this up, up and coming girl f- or guy from NXT will be making a debut and, and this is their background they just assume that everybody at home is watching and know who these people are is that a good thing or a bad thing that, that they don't present the new call ups with some kind of history or video package before they walk out there well, you make a great point. I mean, it is night one, but you are right. They should be doing more of that moving forward. Now, I know they did that for like 30 seconds with No Way Jose. Yeah. But you got to give people more of a reason to give a shit about these people. Um, no, I agree. I mean, the crowd went crazy. Here's, here's a great example. I was watching Raw this week with my girlfriend. She does not watch NXT. Mm-hmm. So when all these other people were going out and I was going nuts when No Way Jose came out, Authors of Pain, she's like, who the hell is this? She doesn't watch NXT. She's the same way. She kind of watches some shows. She's aware of Ember Moon, doesn't really know who she is. But I think where it comes in, why people should give a shit about them, night one, with the authors of pain, it's all about how they booked them and getting to know more about their characters. Now, like Ember Moon had this great 15-minute piece in NXT a few months ago, getting to know her character. Uh-huh. Um, we need to see like more of that on the main roster. I'm not optimistic because this main roster writing team is not the best or Vince McMahon, whoever you want to blame. But I will say that they are giving you reasons off the bat to care about them. With like Ember Moon, for example, she got introduced by the Raw Women's Champion, and then she went on to pin... The former women's champion, Alexa Bliss, with her awesome-looking finisher. Like, that's going to give casual fans a reason to care about her from the get-go. No way Jose beating some local athlete in 10 seconds and then doing a little little conga line dance. I don't know if the casual fan is going to give a shit about him, but... We'll see in due time, but I think it's all about like the video packages. I, I I do agree. I do agree they should be doing more of that. Night one though, uh, the crowd reacting to these people like they're stars. It is a good thing. It makes the casual fans look at these people like okay, if they think they're something special, then maybe it gives me a reason to think that they are something special. They just have to be booked accordingly. There's a lot of people that get called up, get big reactions, and go nowhere. Um, so I would hope that the case that that won't be the case with most of these people, but it quite honestly will very likely be the case with at least half of them because that's just the way that WWE works. Mark, yeah, man, watch NXT. I mean, that, come on, it's 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 the it's a great product. I I don't I don't have a problem with them debuting the, uh, them the way they did because listen to the crowd that that that's the perfect type of crowd to introduce them. Too, because it is it is people who follow they're the, they're the hardcore fans who follow everything right NXT included NXT especially and by the by the reaction of the crowd when all those people appeared that right there makes the people at home and you know watching 
give give some give some pause and say, oh, the, you know, these are people that I need to be paying attention to. If the crowd is going that crazy, I must be missing out. I should be watching NXT if the, if the crowd is going this, this crazy for these for these people. I think I think it's fine the way they introduce them. And and as Graham said, as long as they as long as they do introduce their characters with more depth in the coming weeks and and what their motivations are as as characters they'll be fine but i have no problem with them debuting them that way because just listen to the crowd i mean that that says it all yeah i had to uh restart the periscope so if you guys see that uh let me know i mean i i i feel like um you know again you, you know maybe i should watch more nxt i just don't um it's just raw smackdown for me so I watch the, the takeover shows and that's how I know them um, when they come up. But I just felt like, you know, they can have the big roar in New Orleans, a big time city, plus it's WrestleMania weekend. But then when you go to a small town in, 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 in Iowa or Nebraska, are, are they going to get the same reaction? Because... I just don't know. And, and, and we've seen it with Bailey. We've seen it with Apollo Crews. we see it with Enzo and Cass. We've seen it with everybody who, who's been called up. And then when you get to um, a biggest, uh, a, a smaller city, then it's like, all right, who, who's this? Who is that? So if, you know, I, I'm, I'm talking for the casual fan who doesn't watch NXT every Wednesday night because I, I don't. So I learn more about the NXT guys and females from the takeovers and maybe I pop in here and there but when these when these got called up I know AOP from previous takeovers I know Jose's No Way Jose from I think the 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 Brooklyn takeover uh Peyton Royce and Billy Kay honestly fellas iconic duo I would just like I don't know who they are maybe I heard of them but I don't know who they are Amber Moon I've seen a couple times um so I'm just saying, like, for those who don't know, these, these people coming up and you get a big roar of the crowd in New Orleans. But what happens the following two weeks that don't get that they don't get the big crowd reaction, just kind of seeing like if they should introduce these people um, in a better way. I do I think, agree with. Oh, sorry. Mark, right, you can go ahead. No, Mark. Yeah, go ahead, Graham. Go ahead. You're, you're, no. you're a little bit more on this topic than I am. Well, no, I was just going to say, I feel like. We, we go through the same thing as NXT fans. I can relate to that. Not exactly with the main roster, mm. but like they'll bring in people to NXT all the time that I don't even know. Like I watch, I watch TNA. I, I watch Lucha Underground. So I know who Ricochet is. Right. I know who EC3 is when they bring them out. I brought, I knew Adam Cole, but like in Andrade Sin Alamas, I had no idea who this guy was before they got him uh, in NXT or uh, Killian Dane, for example, who went as Big Demo on the independent scene, had no idea who this guy was. I don't watch a lot of indie wrestling. I had no clue. Quickly won me over with what they did in the ring. Now, NXT and the main roster are obviously two very different products with how they book people and make you care about people. Um, but it's all about how they book them and make them, you know, how they write them in the weeks that follow. I completely agree, Randy, that in the weeks that follow the post-WrestleMania Raw, it's it's all about the aftermath with the smaller crowds. Will they give a shit about these people in the weeks to come? Will the No Way Jose fad last longer than a month? 
Uh, like Adam Rose, he debuted in front of a crowd that n- just no one knew who he was and right. nobody cared. Um, but debuting these people on the post WrestleMania Raw, I thought was really, really smart. But just because you don't know who they are, it really doesn't matter. Quite honestly, what they did in NXT does not matter whatsoever. I mean, go back to one year ago, the lies. The guy did jack shit in NXT, could not have cared less about it myself in NXT, came out of the main roster and killed it. He's one of the yeah. biggest stars they have right now. So quite honestly, it doesn't matter what they did in NXT, what they did in New Japan, what they did at uh, Joey Janela's Spring Break. It doesn't matter. It all matters what they do in WWE on the main roster. And usually it's not really them. It's up to the writing team because it's all scripted, of course. It's not really whether they sink or swim. It's whether the WWE in more specific specifically Vince McMahon wants them to sink or swim. But um, if, if, you know, it, regardless of whether you knew who the iconic duo were or not, hopefully they impressed you with their promo on Tuesday and the fact that they laid out the SmackDown Women's Champion. So really what they did prior to this point is irrelevant. It's all about what they do right now and moving forward. Mark? I'm, I'm with Graham 100%. It's, it's about how they build on it. And, uh, there, there have been some struggles with, with people coming up from NXT, and some people haven't translated, some people haven't gotten the right storyline, some people haven't gotten the right push. I mean, it just happens. It's, it's a crowded roster, and that just goes back to what I was talking about before, about not having those spots on the big events if it's going to be dual-branded. How long are these shows going to be? Are they going to be seven hours like Mania? you gotta ha- you got to give these people the opportunities to shine, otherwise no one is going to shine and AOP and and these are these are all talented these are all talented people uh, and eventually when the Adam Coles and the Ricochets come up these are all I mean these these people can can be really uh, vital cogs in the wheel for WWE it's just a matter of putting them in the right spots and and that's and that's the struggle and you know what it's it's not always their fault there's so much talent it's there's a crazy amount of talent it's just about putting them in in the spots to succeed and and that's not always easy so I mean I I do give credit where credit is due, but as far as as introducing them off the bat, I, I don't have a problem with it. And uh, again, Randy, watch NXT; it's a really good product. <laughs> I, man, listen, I'll try. It's every Wednesday. Uh, you know, maybe Raw, and SmackDown are the are the only two days I watch wrestling, unless it's a pay per view on Sunday, but, you know, to watch it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I think it's a lot, but uh, listen, if, if something happens, great, you guys can text me and say, hey, Randy, check out this match, check out this and that, check out this promo, I'll check it out because I, I, I'm not going to be um, that much in tune with it every Wednesday, but just let me know if anything great happens uh, going forward. Um, just to kind of wrap it up real quick, um, we also got AJ Styles and, and Daniel Bryan on SmackDown. Were you guys surprised that, again, it's WrestleMania weekend, a lot of marks, no pun intended, Mark, in the crowd in New Orleans? Do they put this match on because it is WrestleMania weekend and they knew they were going to get this kind of reaction? Or basically, why would they put Daniel Bryan, his first one-on-one match back against the reigning, uh, the reigning champion first night out? Graham? You know what? I'm usually, for one, saving matches. Like we talked about with AJ Nakamura, I was shocked beyond belief that they actually saved that for WrestleMania and they didn't have a random one-on-one match on SmackDown at any point in the last year. That really, really surprised me. And usually, I am one for holding off on these big matches for a pay-per-view, 
But I really didn't mind it because it is the first SmackDown after Mania. You want to bring back Brian with a bang. We've talked about it before. Is Daniel Bryan going to be a full-time guy? Do you bring him in for the big pay-per-views? Well, it's very clear that moving forward, he's going to be, I don't know, on the house shows, but he will be a regular on SmackDown, which is exactly what he needs. It's what SmackDown needs. It's what the company needs. Bringing him in for a one-shot here and there, it's a waste. It's a waste of Daniel Bryan. I would hope that he would leave and go elsewhere if that's the case. But it looks like he will be a full-fledged wrestler going forward. Um, but it was a great match, and they didn't deliver a clean finish. So it's fine. You can go back to it at some point down the road. Really, in my opinion, it would have been a bigger waste if they had done Brian and Shinsuke Nakamura on SmackDown. I think that could be like a potential WrestleMania main event or a SummerSlam main event. That's a big match you do not waste on TV. Um, Nakamura and, or rather, Brian and AJ, they faced each other multiple times in a Ring of Honor on the indie scene, it's been a long time, obviously, and it's a big match, but you can always build off of this, whet the appetite of fans, give them something great on that first SmackDown after Mania, and set up what might be a triple threat of Backlash, which would be absolutely outstanding if they go in that direction. So it really didn't bother me as much as I thought it would because the match was great, and it's not one of those matches that needs to be saved for big pay-per-view because you can always go back to it down the road because they didn't didn't deliver a clean finish. So... I was completely okay with it. I'll tell you one thing before Mark goes. Uh, uh, Nakamura spoke the best English he did on that promo on Tuesday that he did all of last year. I like the heel turn at WrestleMania. It gives him a different character going forward. Um, but the promo he did was like, hey, where was that at all last year? Nakamura, unless they were saving it for now. But um, I like the promo. Spoke better English. And I, I like him in this heel, heel Nakamura uh, role. Mark, what do you think? This is this Nakamura is is very similar to the character that he played in New Japan, and I think it's probably one that makes him feel more comfortable. He was a little bit too nice of a guy as a babyface. I mean, in in New Japan, he was he was a babyface, but he was kind of an asshole babyface. He was kind of a jerk. Um, who people cheered, and then he kind of dismantled people in the ring and, and destroyed them and had fun toying with them, and, and people loved it. Uh, so I think that's kind of what they're going to go for. I, 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 li- I like the idea of a Nakamura heel uh, heel turn. I like I like that character for him. I like that edge. I, he needed more of an edge. He was a little bit too nice. You know what? You don't want a goofy... Nakamura can be goofy, yeah. but you want him to be a killer. You know what I mean? His style is more of a killer. You don't want him to be too goofy. And they were going a little bit in that direction before we turned and i really like uh i like this a lot i'm, I'm excited about it i think it's going to be great for his character it's going to be maybe it's going to be ignite a, a fire under him a little bit too because i feel like he has had some lackluster performances since being on the main roster i i think that there is a there is a lot of good stuff ahead for for him and his character to be honest i mean they could they could they could do aj daniel bryan nakamura triple threat at backlash for the title right or do you think that's that that'll be too soon they could but i have a feeling that daniel bryan might be going to raw i really do i think that i think that they probably only did the styles bryan match because uh, i guess i guess that's not going to be in the future as far as programs go i, I could be way off on that but i think mm. that that one of those guys might be going to raw uh it probably wouldn't be styles or nakamura i feel i feel like that might continue but I could be wrong, you know what? And I hope I am because if that if that is the match, if that triple threat threat match is, is what we're looking toward at Backlash, 
SmackDown is, is back. I mean, I, I thought SmackDown was actually the superior show this week. And, and with, with the direction they're going in, I don't know what's going to happen during the Superstar shakeup, but I, but I like what I see. Now, real quick, since you mentioned Danny Bryan, maybe going to Raw, Superstar shakeup. So I'll start with Graham. Graham, if there are like three or five people who you feel like sh- that should move from Raw to SmackDown and some pe- some people from SmackDown to Raw in general, who who do you feel like definitely needs to move from one show to the other, not counting Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn? It's weird. The people I think are going to move and probably should move are the people that are currently locked in a feud on the respective brands. I am happy that they're likely not going to move Styles or Nakamura. I think they should stay on SmackDown. Mm. I know there was a lot of talk last year, a lot of talk this year of AJ moving to Raw. I think AJ can be what the, to SmackDown, what Edge was to SmackDown once upon a time, where he was on SmackDown for like three or four years before he got called up or got moved over to Raw. And even there, he did like nothing because he was a big star in SmackDown. On Raw, he was just a, a second-tier star, and Styles would be no different. So I hope Styles stays right where he is. Um, in terms of people moving, I think Asuka going – I mean, I thought she was moving anyway, but there's nothing left for her to do on Raw. I saw the reports that she might be working with Nia Jax. We've seen it a million times. Nia Jax is a babyface anyway. I hope that's just the red herring and she goes to SmackDown because I can't imagine that's the direction they're going in. Uh, she's definitely got to move. I would say Bailey or Banks, but I feel like there's more of a story to be told there with them before they. I know they're having a match on Raw next week, but I would wait a little longer for that. I would I would turn one of them heel and have them feud for the next couple of months at least. Um, Orton needs to go to Raw. The mm-hmm. Usos, they don't need to, but I think they would benefit from a, uh, from a move to Raw. Enough with the fucking Jinder Mahal versus Randy Orton matches. I don't know what their obsession is with that awful, awful, awful feed because their matches are terrible. I don't know why they're continuing in that with that, but Orton should go to Raw, get a fresh coat of paint. Um, Brian should stay where he is. I think you can have a real SmackDown 6 again with like Brian Nakamura, Daniel Bryan, or Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura. And um, someone from that IC title picture has got to move to SmackDown. I think Jeff Hardy's a lock. I think they did that Woken Matt, Jeff Bray Wyatt backstage segment to kind of write off the fact that Jeff won't be a brother Nero going forward. I think he's going to SmackDown for sure. And uh, I think Finn Balor. I think I know everyone's saying Miz to SmackDown and Miz should be on SmackDown. Yeah. But I said this a while ago when Brian got cleared that I think Miz wins money in the bank first, then he cashes in, and then he goes to SmackDown. I don't think he goes to SmackDown just yet because they were, like, really heavily teasing it on commentary this week with, like, oh, will Brian and Miz be in the same brand? I feel like the fact they said that means it's not happening yet. So I think uh, Miz will stay right where he is and Rollins with the IC title, and then mm. Balor will go to SmackDown, which he desperately needs because he needs a heel turn in, in the battle. And, Al- and Anderson and Gallows go with him because they need to be moved too. So those are a few moves that I would make. I would say Carmella to Raw too, but she just won the belt. So for women, I would say Becky Lynch because she has been overlooked for far too long. So hopefully her moving to Raw is uh, is inevitable as well. So Mark, real quick, who do you have going from Raw to SmackDown and SmackDown to Raw? Or who des- desperately needs a, a change of scenery? That's a, that's a good question. It's 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 tough. I don't know what they're thinking. I, I imagine they will split up Owens and Zayn, although I could be wrong there. 
I I think that I mean it's 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 uh, the women's division on on Raw is interesting because they just lost kind of they lost Paige now she's the SmackDown GM so Absolution is kind of short one member maybe someone from SmackDown goes over there and joins Absolution I think that uh, it seems like the SmackDown women's division is a little bit heel heavy especially now with Carmella winning the title and the iconic duo being there. So there may, there may need to be some kind of a baby face uh, going over there. I could see Charlotte ending up on Raw, because I do think that her against Rousey is a possibility. Maybe Alexa Bliss goes back to SmackDown. On the men's side, I, re- I really don't know. It really, it really depends. I mean, I would love to see Rusev get kind of uh, refreshed on, on Raw. I'm not sure if that's in the cards. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if him being uh, going up against the Undertaker means anything at the Greatest Rumble. It probably doesn't really mean anything as far as where he's going to be mm-hmm. positioned on on the roster. I really don't know. I mean, they could do a number of things. I, I I think that, like I mentioned before, like the the Styles Nakamura Daniel Bryan dynamic. I think Styles Nakamura will end up on SmackDown. It wouldn't make sense for them to pull the plug on Nakamura Styles now after after what they did last week. Although you never know. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what they do, and, and I would not rule out more NXT call-ups. The NXT tapings were tonight in, in Orlando. I haven't looked at spoilers yet, but I think that if some people are missing from those tapings, some of them could end up on SmackDown next week, could end up on Raw. I mean, who, who knows? So there's a lot of things they can do with it. Not not 100% sure, but uh, it should be very interesting to see next week. Um, I, For me, I, again, this may not happen, but people like Rusev, I would love to see on Raw. Uh, Dolph Ziggler should go to Raw. Um, Randy Orton, I would love to see on Raw. Uh, not to sound like I'm Monday Night Raw heavy, but going to SmackDown. Uh, the Miz, I would like that. Also, Charlotte to Raw. I think they're going to build up Charlotte and and and, um, and Rousey. Charlotte was champion for over 280 days, so it's not like she needs to be on SmackDown. Maybe that's why she lost the title to Carmella on Tuesday. Um, Miz, uh, I, I had an inclination. It may not happen, but like putting the U.S. title on Raw and putting the IC title back on SmackDown, they might do that. But, you know, Jinder was on Raw last year. Seth Rollins has never been on SmackDown, so maybe they do something different with that. But I know he's probably still in this Miz-Finn Balor kind of um, uh, uh, rivalry. Uh, Finn Balor going to SmackDown instead of Seth Rollins could, could be kind of cool. Um, the cruiserweights will stay there uh, on Raw. Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn. Um, and I think that that's that's pretty much, you know, it. it you know, we don't know about Dean Ambrose coming back anytime soon, but you know, it, I always said him, Miz, and Bray Wyatt should have been back on SmackDown, and and, and Alexa Bliss. Uh, even heard Alexa and Mickey were trying to, you know. Uh, try to go back to SmackDown, but we don't know. But I, I think the one thing they should do, and, you know, remember last year, they just had people come on stage and be like, oh, shit, Kevin Owens is on SmackDown now. As opposed to like a draft kind of thing, one-on-one, you pick this guy, I pick this girl, and it's like some kind of excitement as opposed to just randomly their music hit and, they, oh, they're on Raw now. It's like... You know, again, not to be picky, but hopefully they, they do it in a way where it's different from last year. It's kind of bring some excitement, some kind of little draft, some kind of back and forth stuff, and uh, they do it like that. But I think it should be interesting. Uh, as long as the people who we feel like should needs a shakeup 
all the ones being sent back and forth with a few NXT call-ups. Um, but to wrap it up, we, we have the coming up. I know we'll do a preview when it's that time, but Backlash is next month. They're already advertising the greatest Royal Rumble uh, for Saudi Arabia in, in April. So to wrap this up, so far they have Brock and Roman for the, for the Universal Title Steel Cage match. They're advertising a fatal four-way for the Intercontinental Championship in a ladder match. Seth Finn Balor, Miz, Samoa Joe, uh, Cesaro, and Sheamus uh, for, the, for the vacant Raw Tag Titles tag match. The Bludgeon Brothers get the Usos again for the SmackDown ta- tag titles. John Cena against Triple H. The Undertaker against Rusev. And for Backlash, I think it's only... Um, I think it's only... Wait, well, kind of messed it up here. Reigns against Samoa Joe. Jinder against Randy Orton, which I know you two are very excited about for the U.S. title. And I think Seth Rollins against The Miz for the Intercontinental Championship. So um, we we broke down a lot. NXT, WrestleMania, Raw, SmackDown. Um, re-signings, call-ups coming up for the Royal Rumble pay-per-view and backlash. So... Um, don't want to keep you guys any longer, but I greatly appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, again, you can follow Graham on Twitter at Russell Rant. Great work for Bleacher Report and Mark Raimondi from MMAFighting.com. Also, SB Nation and Cage Side Seats. He's on Twitter at Mark underscore Raimondi. Gentlemen, I thank you. Mark, get some rest. I know he had a long weekend for WrestleMania. And Graham and Mark, I'll touch base with you guys soon next week. Thanks, Randy. I'll be soon. No problem. All right. Take it easy. See you guys. All right.